Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the SAP, the Sex Actually Podcast. It's your boy, Dave Neal. How's everybody doing today? I, look, I realize I ask you guys the same question every week, but I really want to know, how are you? Are you doing well? Are you okay? Here's a milestone. We are going to hit, by the time you listen to this, we have hit half a million downloads. Ladies and gentlemen, that is amazing. Congratulations to the SAP. Half a million hours of people have listened to us talk about dating and relationships and sometimes love. That's amazing. If you include the YouTube views and the SoundCloud views, we're well over half a million. But you guys, we couldn't have done it without you. We appreciate you so much. I wanted to give a shout out to our latest rating and review. Positive, of course, <laughs> from Bailey. She, Bailey said, straightforward yet funny. A no BS podcast with lots of humor does great work with sex, positivity, and communication in relationships. We need more of this in the world. Thank you so much, Bailey. We got a postcard coming your way. Tasha and I are sending you a handwritten postcard. And by handwritten, I mean I wrote it and probably signed Tasha's name because she forgot about it. I was like, babe, did you send out the postcard yet? And yes, she sounds like that. And she smiled as she walked by. You're allowed to make fun of your lady if she smiles. That's the hard part. She's not going to smile until afterwards. And she's going to go, that's not funny. But you see her laughing anyway. Mix signals, ladies. Mix signals. Sex positivity, I didn't realize, you know what I mean? It's it's interesting when we get these reviews because we didn't set out to make a podcast just to be sex positive, but we saw so much lacking with communication around sex, dating, love, relationships, whether it's with your best friend, your high school you know, football team, your parents, your brothers, the love of your life. We lack with communication. How many instances did you wait to say that you love somebody and then it was too late? Get on the fucking phone and give your mom a call now. Pause the podcast. Give your mom a call. Tell her you love her and be specific. Tell her why. Tell your friends why they're amazing, why they're in your life. It's this happiness and this gratitude that we preach to our surrounding circle that invites them to share their gratitude of us to us. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes you go you go along with these pierced lips and you don't even know that your buddy loves you so much that you're such good friends and loyal and it, it you know it takes until some weird shit happens before you find that out. Anyway, I don't know why I decided to get all um, quasi-spiritual, but I'm just saying we appreciate that you guys are communicating with us in the same way that we're communicating with you. It, it sometimes feels like a one-way conversation because we're broadcasting this out and you guys are listening, but we do appreciate when you write into us, sexactuallypodcast at gmail.com. Oh, and boy, did I do some shit talking on this week's private Patreon episode. Tasha, I can't air it. I can't even, le- I can't even put a teaser. She's looking at me. We had some shit go down where we had our uh, Mimosa stand-up show was ripped off by another group of people. And uh, I mean, ripped off. They stole it. Uh, they stole it. We got Podcast Wars folks podcast wars uh they stole it we got a good thing and it was plagiarized i can't license mimosas i can only serve them so we have a stand-up sh- uh, stand-up show called the mimosa show it takes place at 11 30 in the morning one sunday a month here in hollywood california if you live in hollywood or in the surrounding areas get on over here this sunday is our next one it's going to be august 25th 2019 unless you're listening far into the future in which case how did you find me what's going on is trump jr still president what's happening out there Come to find out it's like the fourth Trump. What's the one that no one talks about? Which, which Trump? Tiffany. Tiffany. Tiffany Trump's president. Can you imagine? How much would the feminists hate that if the first female president was Tiffany Trump? Anyway, with a 
cross-eyed. Okay, let's move on. So anyway, if you want to come see the Mimosa show, it's an amazing show. We've upgraded to a new tiny comedy theater. These pla- these little places seat like 30. It's amazing. If you can't make the live show, we post every uh, show in the Patreon. So the Patreon's a place where people can come and listen to us. And we got a new Patreon supporter. We're up to 16. And I know that might not sound like a lot, but that's a lot of tip in our tip jar, folks. We really appreciate that. Every week, there's new content. I do two solo episodes a month. I do the live stand-up show, audio, pro audio, so you can hear that and laugh with some of my hilarious, uh, my favorite comedians that are working in the world. They're all out there. And then we also do a show with Jonesy and myself, get together and just have a real flared-up bromance. And again, we appreciate the support that you guys give us. We are giving you the added content, but you are giving us the forum and the ability to create that content. You know what I mean? We've done this podcast for free half a million hours. Half a million. Cheers to that. And we've decided, you know what I mean? Why not? You know, I'm reading Marianne Williamson. What's the book called again? The Law of Divine Compensation. And she says, you know what? Don't act like it's some like shameful transaction if people want to throw some tip in your tip jar. Don't act like it's a shameful thing. You know what I mean? Us creatives, we think that we should be poor, starving artists. And I'm here to tell you, you don't have to be that. If somebody wants to slide a couple $10 bills into your tip jar because they appreciate what you do, let them. You know what I mean? Know your value. We do appreciate you guys listening, even if you're not joining the paid version. We totally appreciate you guys listening. You come out to the live stand-up shows. You support us on our social media. You leave nice comments and share it with your friends. We see you. We hear you. We love you. Thank you so much. If you can't jump over to the Patreon, here's what you got to do. You're listening on your smartphone, I'm assuming, right? Take a screen grab. Screen grab that. Upload it to your Instagram stories and write a thing saying, Hey, friends, you got to check out my new favorite podcast at the.sap. Tag Tasha Courtney, tag Dean Niels, and then we'll retweet it. We'll re-whatever re Instagram it, whatever it is. So we do appreciate those that are spreading the word. Uh, we are rising up the charts, and um, and that does mean a lot to us. Anyway, so that's my pitch for that, patreon.com slash the sap. Uh, if you hate Patreon and you want to donate another way, you can Venmo us. We'll gladly accept a cup of coffee. We appreciate you. Not trying to beg. Coming off like a beggar. That's my Catholic guilt. Moving on. So this episode, you're going to love it. This is one of those good ones where we get real. We talk with Suba Agarwal. Suba is a very funny uh, comedian from Missouri. And she's of Indian descent, as you'll hear, uh, which is a little important to the story because we hear about her parents that really didn't want her to get into stand-up. I mean, who, whose parents do? You know what I mean? How, how, how fucked up is your life when your parents are like, oh, she got into stand-up. That's a step in the right direction. You know, normally it's like, well, you could have been a NASA engineer, but here you are. Anyway, folks, she's really funny. She writes for the Jim Jeffries Show. Jim Jeffries is one of the funniest working comedians alive. And um, uh, the interesting part of this conversation, we always try to like summarize what what, like, what was this conversation all about? Like, like Marianne Williamson says, you either have um, miracle energy or fear energy. What was the miracle of this conversation? Um... There's a lot of failure we talked about. Uh, we didn't get into specifics, but Suba definitely was feeling like she was failing because an opportunity that she had didn't come through. And I think that's what this conversation's all about. I think that's the uh, you know diamond in the rough here is that we all have to understand that expectations aren't always met in the way that we expect them to be. 
a lot of times we have what we think is a failure and it leads to a better opportunity. It shows our character. It helps us succeed in even a greater way. She was in the stage with this failure where it just hit her and she was still mourning the loss. You ever have that? We've had it. You know, you're looking at, you want to, you want to rent a new home. You think you found the perfect place to buy and then someone swoops in and gets it and you just feel like a failure or you think you got a job offer and they rescind it or you're about to, you know, you're about to get blown. You meet a hot chick at a bar and then she's like, I shouldn't. And then, you know what I mean? Like failure folks. Anyway, we all feel it and the point is blowjob was probably the bad one to end on the point is is that there's always a lesson to be learned if you don't learn that lesson the bitterness you might feel will calcify and you will in turn attract more bitterness so take your perceived failures learn from them and keep putting yourself out there do that in your love life in your dating life do it with your family do it in your work whatever the case may be. So we're in the thick of things with Suba, Tasha and myself, but we got through it. Uh, I think the chat was productive. And um, I think, oh, if you want to see, Suba's going to be on the next Mimosa show, August 25th. So you can go check her out performing live stand-up comedy. Anyway, without further ado, here's my chat with the lovely Tasha Courtney and Suba Agarwal. Did I, did I get sun today? Yeah, you did. You're. I don't know if you're as sunburned as me. Dave pretty much used up the last of the sunscreen. Well, <laughs> you know, we're like spraying each other, and he's like, "Do my back," and it runs out. And I was like, "Oh, only my whole body left to go." <laughs> I get that. <laughs> three I get that. Fifteen. Uh, Fifteen SPF. Uh, that like oil. I like to get. I like to look good. For, I look good for like an hour, and then I burn. That's basically how it is. That spray stuff is a joke though you can't spray on sunscreen in a fine mist like you have to rub it in <laughs> especially when it's like 50 knot winds all right ready to jump right into this sure <laughs> Just, what, what, you don't want me to cut you off hold on all right here we go ladies and gentlemen boys and girls what what's, why are you laughing you is this a shitty intro already yeah ladies and gentlemen boys and girls <laughs> welcome to the sap the sex actually podcast your boy dave neil with tasha courtney and suba agrawal Hey, see, welcome. I, I just you, fucked you it up. Did. No, you you said it a see, little wrong. I, oh man, <laughs> I, I think I, I think I rushed the Argowall. Or did Argowall? I, I don't, I don't care. I'm not super picky. <laughs> You're like, I'm not really even sure how I say it. I'm not. Do you ever feel like, like sometimes people? <laughs> Tasha is not like a, but people say it multiple ways, and I'm just like, you know, I don't really know. You want to make, make it a Tasha <laughs> or something? Or Taisha? like a Tasha, British. British people say Tasha. But see, that's like an accent thing. That's yeah. not... That's what they say with my name. They're like, you're saying it wrong. But I'm like, I have to say it with an accent for it to be like... It just right? doesn't seem natural for me to say it that way. No, but you're raised in Missouri? No. Illinois. Illinois. Fuck. This, I don't know the difference between the two. They're next <laughs> to each other, right? Yeah. Can you hear well, different accents in that region? Mississippi's next to us. Oh, really? Yeah. So are you? Wait! Oh my God! Did I just make myself sound really stupid? Did I say Mississippi? You said yeah, Mississippi. you did, We're and I was like, uh, <laughs> I really did not mean Mississippi. Holy Missouri? Montana? No, Memphis? No, 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 no. I would have been okay if Mississippi was next to you. I was like, really? No, it's not. What it's am not. I missing? I feel like that's. Um, I'm a little hot here. I'm turning myself down here. <laughs> no, that's what's interesting about you though, because you've got you've got the mid you've got like a unique Midwestern accent, I think. Oh, thanks. You're trying to Google where you where you're from. Uh, mi- oh no, I wasn't. 
Missouri. I must said Mississippi. I was like, yeah. what am Missouri. I missing out? Yeah, no, you said oh, you said Mississippi. It's done. We changed <laughs> it in post. It was two hours of editing I just had to do to, for you to say that you're from Missouri. No, no Missouri's right Illinois. next to Illinois. Gotcha. But, but for some reason, I was like, Missouri, Mississippi. I was like, that's not fucking But you right. don't have like a, I think of Chicago when I think mm. of Illinois. You don't have that sort of accent. What, I'm Northwest suburbs. So what is that? What's like the biggest major city near you? Or just nothing? Um, I mean, Chicago, because that's only like an hour away from us, like where we lived. Chicago. Mm-hmm. That's like, how many hours from you is that? Tasha's from up uh, northern Kentucky, which is since like the Cincinnati area. Uh, I would say like six to eight. I'm not really sure. I, <laughs> I don't know how far it is. But did you start comedy in the Midwest? Mm-hmm. I started in Chicago. How'd that, how'd, how was that? Um... It was fine. Uh, I mean, I was really young and I was really bad. I was mimicking. There's like this Indian comic named Russell Peters. Yeah. So I was kind of like a mimic of him when I first started. So it was just a lot of race jokes when I really didn't know anything about Indian people. So it was just completely off base. (laughs) (laughs) Or it's like, you know, how many people do this? And then they'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? But um, it was like the first place I performed was this club that was right off of a major Indian street in Chicago, Devon Avenue. So it would just be like crowds of Indian people that I would just bomb in front of. So it broke me of that habit real quick. Cause I was like, Oh, they know I have no idea what the hell I'm talking. How about. old were you? Are, when you started? Were you not 17. from like a big Indian community is where well, you, it's just your family and like a sea of white people mostly. in Illinois. And then like, there were like Indian, like an Indian group, but they were like in different suburbs. So it's like, we would come together, but like our neighborhood was pretty much all white now are you expected as a um like like most uh, you know doctor indians are doctors and like kind of <laughs> very smart i mean you win every spelling bee out there right <laughs> so like then is it is there like some shame that you're 17 and you want to start stand-up comedy oh yeah i mean they took me to my first mic and then forbade me from doing it so i just like lied about where i was going for the longest time and then it was like bad for like years and years and years like of just like just constant they but were they, so upset they took, was it like when was it like if a, you know a parent catches you smoking they make you smoke a pack of cigarettes it's like did they take <laughs> to them like thinking you weren't gonna like it but you was like no because i wanted to go and then i didn't want to tell my parents but my friends were like because it was the suburbs they're like you're not just gonna go into chicago by yourself are you and i was like all right fine i guess i don't want to get murdered chicago's fine um totally could have gone there by myself but i had my parents take me because i was 17 and i'd never been so i was like you know what let me just i mean even just trying to find parking I like know. let's be <laughs> you know like even if chicago is like a little shady but not that shady you're like where do i park <laughs> but i feel like going to see a stand-up show is risky with your parents be- but it, that's like a professional comedy an open mic is just yeah. a cesspool well i had no idea i literally <laughs> know i'd never been to an open mic before like i had just seen stand-up so I didn't know what I was walking into. Like the amount of like dick and rape joke. I had no idea what was coming yeah. my way where I was like, holy shit. <laughs> that weren't yet like tailored to be funny or have a yeah. point of view. Oh, They're just people that are finally excited to say something out loud. Oh so yeah, they- real bad. And it was like two of my best friends, like one of which was like dying because my parents were so mad the entire show. And it was like a running joke between comics. We're like, why are there two angry Indian people here? Like that was like oh, a no. running joke. Oh no. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even imagine tasha and so parent- you were doing a set at this mic you yeah. did how did you how'd your set go the set went really well it went surprisingly well did you tell them it was your first time um i'm sure they did i'm they sure did, somebody yeah. did that i don't remember but like i crushed and then like bombed for like two years later but, like, <laughs> that's the uh, beginner's luck right <laughs> yeah. you have to do at least sort of well up front or you'll never want to do it, do it again. again 
Yeah. I'm always shocked by comics that bombed their first time and then came back. That always surprised yeah. me. Yeah, you're pretty much given though. It is it, when the audience, especially when the audience are comedians, when they know it's your first time, they're extra nice to you because they almost want you to be sucked into their misery. So they're like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they really do. They're like, oh yeah, you're doing great out there. Oh, stick. And then they, and then it's like, ah, oh, good luck, you fucking asshole. And then you know, five years later, you're still toying around with these people. But so your parents forbade you. Like, was it on the car ride home where they were like, no, this isn't. Yeah, it was like almost immediately where like I think the MC asked if like if I was going to come back. My dad was like, no. <laughs> you told him no. <laughs> what did they expect you to do with the rest of your life at that point? Um, Anything like be a bio. I told him I was initially going to be a bioengineer and then like. I didn't like the way because um, I entered as a sophomore with all the college credits and I didn't want to spend a full four years in Pittsburgh and the way bioengineering the labs were spaced out it would have taken me a full four years and I'm like I'm not fucking doing that so I randomly changed my major to actuarial math and they were fine with that like as long as it was something like stable and like high earning they wouldn't give a shit that like, sounds <laughs> so, as far away from comedy as you can go with actuarial math I just wanted something that I knew I could do that would be easy to me like because like if it's a language or something I cared about I would actually get invested and have to put in a lot of work where it's like math it was just very easy and like you just do it and so go up, <laughs> crunch the numbers go home yeah, exactly. yeah so did so that was just that was there to buy you time yeah it was more of like and I needed a way to get to New York because it's like I don't know I guess I hear stories of kids that just moved out there with no they're like yeah I had no money I figured it out but like I didn't know how to do any of that so I was like just get a job offer, have a company pay me to move to New York. Like that was the plan. And that's what happened. So yeah, I feel like a really roundabout way. The people that just move there on a whim, you're, you're just one hiccup away or like one scam away from, from having to go back home. You know what I mean? Yeah. The people yeah, that I have mean, you no- have to be really smart. I think to pull that off. We like, talked really- about that. Our move to New York. And when I moved to New York, I sold my Subaru and I took the 2000 bucks from that. And that was my, my first last in security deposit or whatever. And then the guy never got back to me for two weeks. So I assumed he just ripped me off and my money was gone. But it turns out he was like touring his band through Europe. And this is 2009 <laughs> when you oh just didn't God. call people right back. So I was like, I was like, Oh, for sure. That was my first day in New York. I'm homeless and I have no money. And it turned out it was, it was completely fine. But yeah, I had to start working right away and had no savings whatsoever and it was like the dead of winter and i knew nothing about the city and it was like god damn it could you have a little bit but i was coming from rhode island which is only a three-hour drive so i was like it didn't feel like i was you know packing up and moving but you know tasha moved to new york basically quitting college that was kind of your well i'm i not not exactly i moved to new york i had a job for a job in fashion design um but i was in this pro my college it was again gonna be like yours like it was a five-year program it was just like way too long of a commitment to be like paying out of state tuition and like not really enjoying myself you know um but the way it was set up it was on the quarter system and every other quarter you would take basically an internship but the program was super selective about the companies that they would work with and so your internship was not an intern like you weren't a coffee bitch you know it was like you had a real job that they just kind of left open for a student to always have that job so I'd be like a design assistant in like women's woven bottoms at like a company you know what I mean <laughs> yeah, yeah and um so I moved to New York for that job. And then while I was doing that job, I like went to an open call on the weekend for like a modeling thing. And I ended up booking that. And within two weeks, I had booked like 10 days worth of jobs um, that were like going to be on my break in the time that I was supposed to move back to school. And I was like, 
Mm, I'm staying. Like yeah, I'm of not. Course, I'm yeah. not going back. I'd to I'd pay school. anything to hear the phone call between Tasha and her parents. <laughs> it was an ugly phone call. Honestly, you don't want to hear that. Were you, do you just break down and cry after? I feel like yeah. that's the thing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I cried. I either was angry <laughs> and held it all inside, or I cried. Like it was one of the two. I'm not sure. Tasha can do both. Maybe she both. can be angry, keep it all bottled in, and cry. She's got a very good. <laughs> Did you have to have that moment with your parents where you're like this, like that coming out moment where it's like, this is I'm gonna do it. I'm I'm doing this. Um, no, it was more of like I broke curfew because they always used to. They knew I had a curfew, so they would always let me go early. But I guess they got sick of it. So like he was like, no, you have to stay and host the whole show because you always leave early. But so like I ended up breaking curfew by like a lot, and then this I. This is came, still when you're 17. Yeah, maybe. I mean, at some point it turned. You know, no, no, I was still 17. And then I like uh, I'm driving home. You know, like rushing, rushing, trying to get home. And then like I have all these excuses going in my head, and I open up the door, and my mom's just sitting there, and she just goes, "I know where you've been," and I'm wow. like, "Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah." And then she like wouldn't talk to me. I it know was, like, where busted. you've been. Yeah, yeah, it's like I was going off to college, so she couldn't stop me, and she knew no matter what, like. I'm one of the, she knew I was one of those kids where it's like, if I want something, she's not going to be able to stop me from doing it. It's like, yeah, she, it doesn't matter like how much silent treatment you get yeah. or how many like disappointed or like screaming matches. Or like, if she I'm, had like kicked me out of the house, I would not have given a shit. Like I had already looked up like uh, women's shelters in Chicago, like in advance. Wow. Like, what? Yeah. It's just like one of those things where my mom knows the harder she pushes on me, the harder I push back and the more danger I'm in. So it was Are like, you the oldest? Youngest. Youngest. Mm-hmm interesting out of how many i uh, just brother okay brother. but so you're the first so you're still it, the firstborn his... daughter though yeah daughters yeah, daughters, daughters get treated tough they get yeah they get the short end of this but doesn't it make sure. you isn't it interesting though like you never put yourself in the in the in the mindset of your parents where like you want to be as strict as possible without completely pushing them away so at some point as a parent you have to just be like all right it could be worse you know <laughs> i mean that's like but i feel like you don't figure that out until like later like later kids I was the firstborn. I got the full being a girl and the firstborn. Like they just had no idea like what that balance between like, okay, could be worse or like full, full stop on the discipline. You know what I mean? So the shit I got to deal with because her parents (laughs) were strict with her is really like I am being railroad, like just like run over by emotions because because I can't tell Tasha what to do. I can't say, I can't just even remotely uh, uh, bring up the idea of criticizing her about something. And it's, and it's really <laughs> comes down to because, because your parents couldn't. And maybe that was the spirit that maybe that was you from the beginning. Maybe you just, you maybe like, I'm sure you were a colicky, right? You yeah. were like, you were crying from the beginning. So uh, who knows? You just, well, you just were birthed on a tough day. You, you, you were birthed and immediately were like, fuck no, this. I think I was born on a perfect day. But anyway, <laughs> I wanted to ask your older brother, what did he go into? Did he uh, like do the school path or is he yeah, like a creative? He's a, no, he's a PhD in electrical engineering. Okay. Wow. Straight. Like, Mom uh, and dad are very proud. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you're super successful. I mean, you write for the well. Jim Jeffrey show. That's it. You're, you're well respected um, on either coast of the comedy oh, world. That's, yeah, that's a, that's a big deal. And you're still super young. So your career's, you know, still taking flight i'm just talking like i'm a grandfather here <laughs> we'll career. see i don't know i've been in a very dark place lately but well let's but that's <laughs> where the cocoon is it's in the dark place we'll see. where you go well, like we'll see. you start to wonder what you're doing with your life and that's when i think that's when the magic's happening that's when like we you know we 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 i think sometimes we'll have this moment where you're like all right I, I i i checked off these benchmarks i performed here i've done this now what and it's like that constant yeah. itch to be better but that's kind of what 
pushes you in the right direction, I guess. So, so you're 17 or 18. Your mom basically says, I know where you've been. <laughs> Just like, it sounds like you've been selling drugs. I know. So dramatic. And then in, in, in are you guys cool after that? It's like, all right, I get it. No. Um, she would like, Oh, I don't know how much of her spot. Well, she's not gonna. It was just like she would always like she didn't even she would you know, she would say fucked up shit and then like not remember she said it, which is wild. Like like things like I love you, but I don't love you. Like you know, it would be like oh, you'd be perfect if it wasn't for this one thing where it's like you're my daughter, but not like you're not my daughter. Like it was just like fucked up shit yeah. where it was just bad for a really long time. And like she would call me crying like wanting me to go to law school and stuff like after college and stuff like it was bad for now, but a very that, long what, time. so what is that because that's or were they first generation mm-hmm. so that's just they see a path to success right and they yeah. and it's hard for them to see like a creative it's hard for the for first generation because their old job was to like take root get here you know whatever and Make you're the money, first yeah. people that they've brought here that you know they want you to just follow that path and there are paths that are like very clear-cut that's the and thing. straight and easy, you know, like it's pretty much a surefire road to success. But the creative's path to success is winding, and it's like not a very clear path. Like sometimes you need to like bring out your little like bushwhacker thing <laughs> and like make a path yourself. I think it was a combination of things. It's like number one, like morally, like what they saw from comedians. Like they didn't want me around that, and I don't fucking blame them because Jesus, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it was like that. It's like it just they were very worried about my future because it's like it is a very hard thing to make money at. So it's like, I get what they're coming from. And then it's like as small business owners, like my parents are small business owners. So it's like, they had to deal with a lot of instability and a lot of hard work. And it's like, they've watched people who do similar paths like that, like fall into depression. And like, my mom was very worried about that with me. She's like, this is your dream. You're chasing it. It doesn't happen. You get really sad, you know? And she's not wrong. Like, I mean, I've had one thing go south for like, in like a month, I've like not been sleeping. Like, it's just been so fucking hard. I mean, it's, this is a tough you mean, path. You mean lately? Recently? Yeah. Like yeah. I even like last night, I was like, it's been nothing but like weed and CBD oil. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I need to relax sleep. and forget about my problems. That <laughs> sounds like the, the church of Los Angeles. Just weed and CBD oil. Just rub it on. You'll feel better. <laughs> but it's like devastating because this isn't a meritocracy. And it's like the latest thing. I mean, it might still work out, but the latest thing I had go sideways was a year and a half of work. And it was like this awesome opportunity. And then it just gets lit on fire through some shit that's completely not your fault. And you just have to take that lump. And it's like, yeah, hard. You know what I mean? Cause and the it's second like, you think you've got something lined up, you start mm-hmm. put picturing the new place, the, the digs, yeah. <laughs> the I'll put money into this and that. And it all lines up. I always think of like the writers for Roseanne. You know what oh I mean? I go, God. what the fuck? That was someone that was like their first writing job or they worked their way I up. Know a girl whose first day it was when uh roseanne got canceled because <laughs> here's what she did oh, here's i'm just i'm just proje- like she didn't even like get a paycheck they I didn't know. even like get her processed at age i'm gonna be projecting but uh, let's use her as not you but this girl as an example she probably called her dad crying happy she put this whole writing packet together she finally got this big opportunity and then roseanne had xanax didn't or ambien <laughs> and said that so-and-so looked like uh planet of the apes not knowing she was also black we don't need to get into the politics of it all but pretty crazy that that affects the writer's room and all these other and you know that's a the the wga you finally went on with the show without her right eventually but it 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 didn't last i don't think within a year 
once once she was gone, they spun it to another. It was Roseanne, and they they made it the o- o- O'Connors or whatever, yeah. and it didn't. Yeah, it flopped. It was Roseanne. Roseanne's one of the funniest women that's ever worked. She's she's a huge star. You know, you don't just kick her out and it keeps going. But that's crazy. She that she was a bit batty, though. I mean, but yeah. everyone knew that from the jump. Yeah, she's a mental illness. They yeah, just thought she was gonna be able to rein it in, but it's like. Nah, she couldn't. Yeah. Some people just need their Twitter taken away. I know. You know? But listen, like, I've had I've lived with people that will eat all of my protein bars at night on Ambien. I've lived with those guys. They're fucking nuts. They they black out. They like like that that show. You know, you can black out and drive somewhere, fuck somebody, and not even remember it. But don't like. There are plenty of instances. Like if you're a not a known name in Hollywood, and you go in and you make it far, and you're like at screen test stage and chemistry yeah. read with somebody, they are background checking the fuck out of you. Yeah. They're going as deep as they can in your Twitter to see if you have any skeletons in your closet, and if you do, they don't cast you. Yeah. Yeah. And or or and this is the other thing like your what's his name Josh Gordon or something from the Patriots yeah. like if somebody really has like talent and they really have their heart set on this person and they have a little bit of a problem this Josh Gordon guy I don't know if you know he's a Patriots player but he like he's, has a substance abuse like an can't addiction stay on the issue field. like they they have team players follow him around and he and he's still but but that's my point it. is that like. If somebody's a little bit risky, they should have a team twenty four seven monitoring huh. their behavior. Yeah, Rose. If- there needs to be an app that Roseanne, uh, as an example, but like, like there needs to be an app where your text and your public things go through the app. You know, obviously Trump should have it. So like, when he wants to fire a tweet out, it goes because like in radio, I was saying how they have the that like kill button. You know, where like if you say it's a swear, or even if you if like you're not supposed to talk about Trump at all, and then somebody on the radio talks about Trump, the VP just hits the button, and then those thirty seconds are gone you know what i mean like they have ways of scrubbing it they need that for i guess for what you put out there because they it's- have an app like that i'm pretty sure that's like a texture x app <laughs> that's like uh you run it through your girlfriends i'm sure this exists if it doesn't that it's crazy but like your girlfriends filter it first and they either approve or disapprove really? that you can like send this. No, you're saying it because this was my idea that you that you if you set it to how many like a percentage of people that need to like upvote it before it goes off. So if like I want to text somebody, <laughs> ten of my buddies, at least like six of them have to respond, and like you know five out of six have to agree that it's okay. So if like the the, the point is is that like if you're in a if state like of a codependency, or, yeah, if you're like, like <laughs> not not moved on yet from you that, your ex, you're not allowed to text them. Do you have that problem with the texting? Um. Oh, where you're, like re- where you're so just like reading into things. Um, yeah, I, I used to definitely be like a, a late night texter, but um, it's been so long since that's been the case. I think like I was always very um, like into my work and then it's like I would have like weird benchmarks where it's like, oh shit, I haven't gotten on a date in like a year and then I would just text everyone on my phone, which is like, no, <laughs> you do that. It's just a numbers game. <laughs> <laughs> What it was just like bad, you know. There was like one point where I had a writing job and the company was paying for a car like back to anywhere we wanted, and that's like I was like literally texting everyone on my phone because I hadn't gotten a date in eight months. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> so you had a car ready like, to send people to you or you to them? Uh, me to them. So I was like trying to be like, all right, this will work out. Nothing. I got nothing, which is such a sad moment. <laughs> trying to paper yourself out like dominoes. I'm like thirty no, minutes must, or less. You, <laughs> must, you must get hit on a good amount. So like, let's. Okay, I know I've been jumping around here. Back to back to your early days of comedy you're 17 you're 18 i mean are these comics sliding in like trying to um, are they hitting on you you're like the fresh young not comic at 
17 so much. I think there were like a couple like really creepy older men that like like 40 year old dudes who would like try and be like, yeah. there was like this one dude who tried to take me to the movies, which is just like the creepiest, most pedophile shit ever. Oh, like, no. Yeah, I can take it. I was just like, no. Like <laughs> everyone there was just so gross to me. I don't think uh, <laughs> I don't think I really started getting hit on until I was like maybe in college for a bit. How are you ab- about um, acknowledging when a guy's hitting on you? Like, do you pick up on those things? I mean, now I do. I don't think I did back then. Yeah, because, you know, because like in the college ages, I feel like guys are shitty at hitting on women and women are sometimes don't pick up on their shitty hitting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's tough. Like, if it, there's... Or they do pick up on it, but they're just pretending not to because <laughs> you're doing such a shitty job of hitting on them that they don't even want to acknowledge well, it. Well, I'll just say this. I know I could have probably gotten laid more if i was just more open and it was like i had a guy i used to work with he was like 10 years older than me i was in a, it was a blue collar summer job my my stepdad has a heating and air conditioning company so i'd be in a van with this dude rob and rob was amazing and we'd like listen to tupac on cassette like this dude taught me about life and rob and he and he the one thing he told me because we'd be like an addicts in the summertime do like putting air conditioning together so we'd be just like 140 degrees sweating Oof. like insulation stuck to us and i remember he goes dave you'll you never know what a woman will do unless you ask and that sounds really creepy but that kind of advice that actually sounds like consent 101 <laughs> yeah dude rob rob was all about it he was all about but he was just saying like look man sometimes you want to ask for something crazy like it didn't have to be like crazy kinky stuff but sometimes you might have a girl who's like a friend of yours or someone who like might be into you but you don't you don't know unless it's always the guy with the dumb like word vomit that's like should we just go back to my place and do it and some you know some jerks some women might be like fuck no but then the one who's like aboard is cool whereas i was the guy who was way too cool not getting laid at all that's the cool guy's not getting laid being honest and upfront you weren't being vulnerable i was was putting myself in the friend zone i was friend zoning myself i was just trying to be nice and think that like the women would be into that and that wasn't like in in hindsight it wasn't that wasn't a strategy like some of these white knights are like they strategize to be the friend zone i was just a nice guy who didn't have that like ability to be like let's go like you know be okay with getting slapped do you think you've developed that ability now or do (laughs) you think (laughs) i think because that's pretty much what happened with us is you just like friend zoned yourself and then like crawled out of it Listen, <laughs> if we broke up today, would you friend zone somebody else or do you think you'd be I, bold? I think I think I would be very bold. Absolutely. I think in my, I think in New York, I know you don't believe this because well, we were in, we were different because we came we started as friends. So but like when I would meet someone like they uh, you'd say something and I'm, I'm not saying this in like it's a me too way or like some like but if you're out at the bars at 11 o'clock at night, everyone's having drinks. You might and I'm not talking about catcalling. You just might say something to a girl that's like in your buddy's like, how the fuck do you get away with saying that? It's because people want to be talked to like they're real humans. And I'm not talking like some super sexually aggressive stuff. Just you just shit on each other. You know, like that's you just like kind of make fun of someone's you know i don't know whatever you just it's just shit Making talking fun of people yeah shit talking strategy? that's my flirting strategy shit talking because some people <laughs> are just shocked that they would even be talked to like a normal human versus like trust me the guy who's like hello there princess and you know that guy's not getting laid he's not the guy who's just like kind of cool and i don't know you guys the don't count? see okay. was that who yeah was? i know <laughs> count chocula <laughs> one two i don't know what do you like do you uh so are you in a relationship now mm-hmm. Long long term? Yeah. 
How long? How long has it been? Uh, like over a year. Oh, nice. Yeah, like a and year and a couple months. Did he initially hit on you, or did. did you did you meet through work? No, he hit on me. He hit on you just out at the at the bar. No, he actually. Um, I think he like kind of hit on me, and I knew he was, but I ignored it. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a running theme. I'm pretty sure guys don't want to admit that that happens. But it's because he was another comic, so I didn't want to. And then he shot me a message after talking to a bunch of female comics who were like, oh, no, you should go for it or whatever. Because uh, he also knows it's like not always the easiest thing to ask another comic out. Yes. And so he asked me out and then via uh, Facebook and then I said no. And then... How um, did you say no? I was like, well, because the, tr- the truth was I did like him a little bit, but I don't, I don't like fucking with comics. So I like... I think I tried to be like, no, I think you're super cool, but I don't think comedians should date because it doesn't end well. And um, something about him is his whole family is dead. So he went, and I didn't know that about him, but he just went, my whole family is dead. Nothing ends well. And I was like, <laughs> what? And that, like, that's, oh but that, that reinforces what I'm saying. That's a funny <laughs> like, line that's like very morbid and you would not think on exactly. paper that that would work, but that's hilarious. It caught me so off guard <laughs> that I got like curious about him. So like I listened to his first album, which was all about his family dying and then like i got more interested in him as a human being it's not too but, often you listen to a comics album and then want to date and, uh, them. <laughs> that's very that says a lot about his ability to be funny <laughs> like, it was just so funny because like any other response it's like i would have been able to brush off but that caught me so off guard oh wow he could write a whole book on 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 that line my whole family's dead wait what was the line he's like well nothing ends well my whole family is nothing dead. ends well my whole family's dead you know the self-help dating book <laughs> i like it I'd, I'd buy that yeah he's right why you know why not there's people that listen to our podcast all over and it's like shit or get off the pot you know what are you waiting for you yeah. think you might be into someone you're probably gonna get rejected you probably will get rejected so who cares well if you do you're not any worse off than you were before you bothered to ask yeah. that's the most important i had a similar line when i asked um i asked tasha out in a similar way where we were friends so we weren't comics together but we we were friends and and, you know there was still that scenario of like oh boy like this could go south and whatever you can't just be friends afterwards and i was like we should go out and then i texted her we should go on a date because like my my subtlety wasn't working so i was like (laughs) so she she skirted off everything she could skirt off but this is five and a half years ago this is almost six years this is probably almost six years ago she skirted off everything she could i knew she was deflecting we were still hanging out a bunch we were still like doing a lot of solo stuff we had probably even kissed at that point like we were like yeah and i was like we should go on a date and then and then her response was the next day she responds wouldn't that make it weird and then my response is you just did and then we just kind of like called it out and then um and then and, you know you know we were i was just like look you know like there's no there's there's really at this point no reason not to give give us a shot and she can you know regret the last five years of her life all she wants but <laughs> i think that's says more about your choices than mine but yeah it's, it's it's about taking a leap of faith and just being okay and, yeah. and and you were right to tell him like look comics shouldn't you shouldn't share where you eat you were right to say that and it and then it's up to him to sort of bring come back with yeah so let's do it <laughs> let's just do it you know so i think good for him because yeah. a lot of guys would be like yeah you're right we shouldn't and then they would walk away yeah most of them leave me alone uh <laughs> it was very funny because it's like i literally turned down like a couple of comics and then like i being like oh i don't really date comics and then i felt a little guilty because then i showed up with 
Yeah. <laughs> with Sean immediately in a relationship with a comedian. I was like, I wasn't lying. I told him the same thing. <laughs> like, well, just... persistence, hey, right? <laughs> yeah, but you know, uh, comics can be kind of lazy and it's like, oh, we should do this. And no, okay. And then he's just like, all right, that's all I was to you. You know? I also think it just like him and I have a very particular sense of humor and a very particular connection. So like when I listened to the album and I caught like the viewpoint behind it, it's like in like everything I knew about him, it was like, okay, there's something here, you know? Nice. Yeah, there's like, the right chemistry. Yeah. Any regrets? Uh, like, did you guys get in too deep? Are you like, uh, did you become different people emotionally when you started dating where you're like, oh, I didn't see that side of you before? Um, I would say so because we started I mean we're only a year in but like it was really fast from the jump but I think um, we've handled all the speed bumps pretty well. And you have a kitten together? Yeah we do. Okay. We live together? Yeah. I'm putting um, the pieces I didn't know I see I took a leap of faith there Tasha I was like I don't know if the kitten is the same guy or she has a roommate. All right you got a kitten you have a you have, a aunt, you have an animal together yeah. that's, a, that's a huge leap in the Los yeah. Angeles world of dating. And he's met my parents so that's like a huge. Uh, and do they approve? No. <laughs> was your mom like? I know where you. I, I know where you were last night with Sean. They, your mom. They don't. Is he not Indian? Well, yeah, he's not Indian. I mean, they're fine. They like him. She's just worried because, like, I think it's just a cultural difference where he's like he's southern. Southerners drink. My mom is like from a really strict part of India where they don't drink. Like they met at my brother's wedding. It's a wedding. So of course he was drinking. And so like there was like gossiping, like look at him. I'm like, he's not drunk. He's a very large Southern man. Like he can drink that much and not. But it's like, I just got tired of arguing with them being like, how could he be drunk meeting your parents? I'm like, he's not fucking drunk. He just sounds like that. Like, <laughs> it's not like the meat is the thing. The wedding's the thing. And yeah. like weddings have alcohol. Like he's slurring his words. No, that's his accent. He's Southern. He just has a drawl. Is he from Mississippi? No, he's from... <laughs> that would be extra embarrassing. No, he's from um, Alabama and oh, okay. oh, Atlanta. That's, oh, that's fun. Cool. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure he does drink. Alabama and Atlanta, that's a good combo. <laughs> I love the South. Uh, do you, so do you, have you met his parents yet? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, they're, oh, they're, oh, I'm so well, sorry. his dad was still alive. He just okay. passed, but I did meet his dad, fortunately, okay. before he uh, passed on. Is there... So oh. that there's a lot of um, sort of pressure on you uh, emotionally if if like if he doesn't have his family there like are, are like you know what i mean like i can call my sister to vent about dave every other day but like <laughs> if you don't have a Please sister do. to call <laughs> who do you vent yeah like yeah what's his like circle like i mean he does have a good group of friends um he's he's like used to being independent and on his own so like me coming into the picture wasn't like I don't know. now it's kind of like you can't call your parents and complain about him because they don't approve of him right <laughs> like would you ever call your parents to talk about him um i don't think so probably not but i'm not like super close with my i'm not gonna let them in on what's going on yeah what about your brother do you talk to your brother about stuff like that um not really i mean i i've called them to complain about the kitten i haven't called them <laughs> to complain about my boyfriend necessarily but do you do you and your boyfriend study love languages at all like do you know he's what he talked means? about that um i don't study that stuff so he's explained it to me a little do you, bit do you does he give you what you need like uh without trying like does he just know what you need because you're both comics which mm -hmm. is good so you probably are on the same wavelengths with that because like for Tasha and I, like sometimes my, like I'll do things for her and she doesn't absorb it. It's just not, we're just not speaking the same language. So I, well, I think I'm like, like I'm giving her fucking flowers to her. She's like, no, I need time. It's like, it took me time to get these flowers and it doesn't <laughs> always just work that way. But like, do you know what he needs and what you need? 
Um, I mean, I think we're pretty good at communicating. I don't think we'll necessarily know outright, but it's like if I need or want something, like he can tell when I'm not happy or I'm upset or there's something wrong. So I think it's just like talking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just being like, I need this, I want that. Or like, you know, like I felt like when we both, because we, we were both out of town for a while and then we were together, I was like, we need to go on a date. We need, you know, like I can just physically say it because I don't think. I don't know. It's really hard sometimes to just guess. <laughs> well, but you, you, I think you take it for granted. Some some people don't know what what they need, so yeah. they can't just say it. And then they're just like, oh fuck, and you know, and then and then they'll blow up. I'm not touch. I'm not just trying to <laughs> say you. I'm saying, but sometimes, yeah, you don't know. I'll wake up and just not even know what I'm fucking. And I'll just be like, well, is you know, maybe I'm not feeding my creativity professionally, and I'm just like angry when Tosh wants to go on a hike because I'm just like bitter because I haven't done my my right. work. So so like sometimes we you will you'll get snappy on each other and not even realize it. And it's important to like you know, comics are pretty open and honest. So you sounds like you guys are just like honest to say what you need. Yeah, that's what it. That's I think what I've learned the most is just like trying to figure it out and just trying to talk it out as much as physically possible because I don't like doing that but I know that's healthy you know it's like I don't want to talk about this (laughs) I know I have to you know that's interesting I'm trying to because I'm having a hard time kind of painting what type of you know person she is as far as like you don't you because you don't sound needy and you like for me i'm codependent right i want to talk everything out and it's my own like fault i want to talk it out past the time it needs to be talked out tasha wants to hear it but not address that she heard it and move on so like i'll be like you i'll like sell like i'll like drag a a fight a a conversation out and tasha's like we get it it's over and i'll be like yeah but i didn't know that you got it you know what i mean so we're just not always there you know you you look taxing, tax right now, Tasha. <laughs> yeah. No, just I'm sunburned. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had uh, relationships in the past that were toxic? Like oh, you didn't yeah. know. One hundred percent. And do you know what it was that like made them toxic? Um. Well, I mean, it's like I don't know. You're never supposed to say it's the other person, but it's like it was one hundred percent. He was a shit bag. Um, well, I was like a lot younger than him, and he was an alcoholic, and he relapsed while we were together, and he was just like super manipulative and like abusive so he was like super shitty you know but so when you say manipulative because tasha calls me manipulative sometimes and i and and while i listen to go okay maybe i am doing something manipulative maybe i'm i'm trying to like leverage emotionally because you just work with what you have and especially if things aren't going well you just work with what you have to try to make it better and and I, but i also have to tell tasha sometimes look not everything i do is me manipulating you if i want to like uh, shed a tear and tell you I love you. I'm not manipulating you. I'm just I'm just like bursting through with emotions, and that can happen. But like, yeah. sure, that can happen. But what was a manipulative th- person does that every time you have a fight, spins it around to make it feel like it's make you feel like it's your fault, yeah. or like that. You know what manipulating is, right? Like, yeah. But sometimes I'll and I'll have to remember. I'll have to remember to own up in a fight and not and not be sensitive. And being sensitive sometimes will be like, you know, you want to win and, you, and, you, and it creates this kind of like me versus you thing. And that's never good for fights. But I, something happened yesterday and you were saying it was a manipulation. And I was like, this is so far. And it's usually it's usually like me. I, 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 I equated it to this video I saw of a manatee that was swimming in the shallows of a beach. And every time it got up to like say hi to a couple swimmers, the swimmers freaked the fuck out because I thought it was a shark. And then it was... <laughs> Would swim up to another couple people and then they would freak the fuck out and i was like i think that's how i am when we fight is i'm the manatee who like wants love and you're like ah i've been manipulated before don't do this to me that's how i feel it is tasha uh, maybe you're on to something but 
I just think, you know, we've, we've talked about this before that, and I'm not saying that men should be stoic and hide their emotions at all, but I do believe that there's like a time and a place for everything. So like if you're trying to say, so I don't even know, like in a fight and you're like all of a sudden doing the waterworks, like that's what girls get accused of doing. I you know? honestly, my boyfriend had, uh, was it like two sisters like growing up and like, he is immune to that. So like sometimes it's like I I just stop crying because I'm like trying to show him that I'm like it hurts, but it doesn't register to him as a thing. Where that would like, register to me. Yeah, he doesn't give a shit. It's like I have to yell my point. It's like crying does nothing to well, help me. I think me. That that's what happens is like as you get older, like it becomes a part of like your makeup on how you handle fights, your background. So yeah. if you had sisters that were like crying all the time, you know, yeah, or yeah. you dated somebody that like cried wolf or was manipulative yeah. like then that becomes like a response where you're just like no this yeah don't don't pull that on but I, but i also think tasha you're scared of that you're scared of of like seeing these emotions and like i love it when, when you cry because i see i see the t- tears and all that as like that release sometimes you can't get it until you cry i'm not a guy that cries all the time i haven't had a good cry in a while but like it's i love it I just, I don't know, I was raised uh, growing up before my mom remarried, which is my mom and my sister. My mom would be like, let it out, Dave. And, I'm like, ah. and it was never, to, I'm not trying to manipulate my mom. I didn't, I never asked anything of her. I was never, I would never like cry to get her to buy me a toy. I'd feel guilty if she bought me a toy. Like, oh, you'd have to do this. But like for me, I don't know. I don't know. That's just, I don't go to fear. I mean, I, I don't go to anger. I go to, I go to, I go to sadness, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, I don't go to like, I feel like sometimes Tasha, you'll, you'll present that emotion as anger. Like, how could you do this to me? Like in defense of like, you know, protecting yourself. That's like, that. that's your, like, you got that team Tasha where you got to protect yourself. And mine's like, I'm exposed. I'll cry. Hug me. Come on, people. I don't know. That's maybe that's a. But that's part of your upbringing. Yeah. Don't you think? But it's not me trying to manipulate you. Well, anyway. but we just had different experiences. So I can like conceptualize that like that's your that, that, thing. Yeah. But yeah. it doesn't mean that it's always going to be my initial reaction, just like love languages. You yeah. know, you have to train yourself. But it's on just, anything. it's been very tough for me to learn, and I, and I have learned this, but it's been very tough for me to learn that I have to sometimes be like defense attorney and not like star witness. Because star witness wants to cry and tell you how it is, but defense attorney's got to be like, so like there's been times when I've, I've, I have for the most part had to shut my emotions down in conversations and just give it to you like at a low decibel level, very honest, but very like NPR voice. Factual, yes. We like facts. <sighs> yeah. But 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 you can be triggered by past times of like toxic manipulation. So like, what was it? So, were were these toxic things that were happening? Things that you were able to pinpoint in the moment, or was it like afterwards where you're like, "Fuck, I, I I was strung along by that guy." Much much afterwards, it was more like I would forgive his behavior and then like chalk it up to like, "Oh, it was like he relapsed. It was whatever." And then like. It was kind of like right after um, he kind of st- sobered up and was like apologizing to me, but he was still, he still lit me down and was shitty. And it's like, if I had done what he had done to me to somebody else, like I would spend the rest of my life apologizing. And that's, for some reason, it took that to click in. And then I just hated him. Like, it, just, <laughs> it took a really long time for it to click in for me, which is uh, kind of sad. But Well, it's hard to admit that like we, people will treat you the way you let them. You know, like you have your bar, you set your expectations. And like, if, if, 
if you let that bar be lower, they're just going to continue to be that way. And I think with um, abusive relationships, a lot of the times you're chasing the person who they presented themselves as initially. So it's like, you know, because it, it used to be where it's like he would like call me up. Like I didn't want to date him for a long time, but he would like call me up and like talk to me for like two hours a night, almost every night. And then it's like, you know, this great supportive, like super charming guy that just disappeared. So it's like you you, you keep, hope for that person. You keep trying to get back to that person, but that person never really existed. And then it's hard to accept that, especially when they're playing the victim constantly. So were you, was it like mid fight where, where you were able to realize that you were like so over him or is it like something where he, he just, the, the final It was straw. just like the simplest thing of he sobered up and then we were supposed to meet at a coffee shop. Cause like at this point we were still friendly and I had forgiven him and he's like, I was like, Oh, I just need someone to read these lines with. And then he didn't show up. And it was like mind blowing to me that like he would, you're like, I'm giving you like the last chance. I know. Right. Like like, the simplest, I'm asking for the simplest thing for you to just show up. Right. Yeah. So it was, uh, that was for whatever reason, it like wasn't the abuse or like any of that. It was just like, him not showing up when he was sober that made me go plus oh. yeah you probably had put all this time and effort into him and then you asked yeah. for something and like it's it not was crazy to think nuts it was like absolutely nuts you know like i went out of my way to try and make because like you know when he was like he was like bad like when he would relapse he wouldn't like drink he wouldn't eat like he would be in like severe withdrawal like he could die you know so it's like i would go and like bring him food try to make sure he was drinking something other than alcohol like check on him because he wasn't answering his phone like it was really fucking frightening yeah and it's it's good you know it's good when you're like it's good to have family that'll help you when you're in a position like that but your your role as like a girlfriend is not to be his like caregiver and like but i had never been around an addict i didn't understand that i'd never been in an abusive thing so it's like i didn't know what was happening you know i was very young and then it's like i definitely got taken advantage of by like an older shitty dude so what are you gonna do you know what are you gonna do have you had that (laughs) tasha have you dated an addict before no, just losers. Just losers. <laughs> I'm right here. Do you do you think you 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 date you you've dated a lot of losers? I've dated uh at, at least one like real loser. Yeah, your college guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like real loser. Does he listen to the podcast? I hope not. Yeah, I'm write a five star review. Please. <laughs> I appreciate that. What about you? Any other any other like losers? Do you let let these guys into your life? Um, I dated a lot of shitty men. I think it's like kind of just like a a pattern you kind of fall into, especially like it's like, I don't know, it kind of fucks up your self-esteem or like the way you see stuff. So there was like, you know, there were like a couple of things in my past and then it was just like something I was doing or I was putting out and I'm not necessarily saying it was my fault, but it's like. I don't know. It just kind of fucks you up in a unique way. Well, if your experience with someone, because if you're in a relationship, you know, it's still like whether or not it's love. It's like an oxytocin, it's a chemical kind of thing. Um, So you're going to equate that relationship and like even all its bad stuff with a relationship, a loving Mm -hmm. relationship. And so then when you're like meeting new people, that's almost like you're looking for the same kind of person not on purpose but like you don't you like 
get intimidated by like a really good guy. You see someone that like checks all the boxes and you're like, oh, they're not going to be interested in me. Or like you feel like you don't have anything in common with them because your experience with relationships has, has been on this different level. It, yeah. I was going to say it's what, what we place uh, in society. So like we, we watch The Bachelorette, right? We're watching The Bachelorette and Tasha's like, oh, that guy's a pilot. And I go, the fucking, anyone can be a pilot. Anyone can log the hours. His dad was a pilot. So he grew up flying planes and knew what the throttle and this is like, I, I mean, I'm I think so, you have to have pass a vision test. So maybe not <laughs> anybody. I'm just so <laughs> over the like that, that some things are rewarded over others. And again, if you're a pilot and you listen, we appreciate it uh, and all that. <laughs> but like, yeah, so it's hard creatively. Like, do you find that people, um, sort of respect you for because you write for the Jim Jeffrey show versus say that you're you're kind of jumping around the country doing stand up. You know what I mean? Like, is there is that an easier thing for your parents to see as like, oh, she does this? Yeah, of course, because there's like a stable paycheck and like a credit and like some sort of career behind it. So yeah, definitely yeah. easier for people to understand. But it's not. And that's good, but it's also that's not that's t- like that's like, for Tasha's parents. Like I don't, I'm sure if someone was like, uh, "Hey, so what does Tasha's boyfriend do?" They'd be like, "Ugh." <laughs> they, they've never seen me perform. They don't understand. They finally started like I think asking us how the podcast is going. Five five hundred episodes in because we stopped calling it the Sex Actually podcast. Now we we'll call it the SAP. <laughs> so it's like uh, now that we've because you know the Midwest, you know, sex talk. It's kind of like, yeah. geez, what are we doing with our lives? I mean. You know, that's just what it is. And again, my family too. My, you know, I've got like close-minded people in my family that like, they're like, they, th- you know, my sister, you know, they, they're just talking points for whatever garbage is thrown at them. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they just don't, I don't know. So like, so, so for me, uh, put, you know, closer to a decade of doing comedy, you know what I mean? I'm just kind of like, why can't, you know, you don't, you just don't get the respect until you have a credit that attaches you to something else and i think that's with all creative stuff i think it's something that they can understand and relate to they don't understand like freelance or like you know doing something creative that's just kind of like chasing your dreams and like side jobs in the meantime but they understand like a title if you give them like a simple title to say like they get that oh she writes for the jim jeffrey show like what do you think your mom tells her friends when they ask that i was a background on wolf of wall street (laughs) (laughs) that's something she can talk about that now i don't know my mom's pretty good my mom's pretty good because my aunt was a she was a soap actress like my mom like grew up kind of understanding that like little breaks are way bigger than maybe a bigger paycheck would be but like we've gotten a couple gigs that like paid really well that's like we've never bragged about those once in our life because they're just kind of like yeah you know i don't know it's a i don't know it's just like it's just it's just tough because when you when you when you do the freestyle free you know the freelance lifestyle you don't exactly know what the you know to even uh, label yourself as yeah what what title do you put on your business card um speaking of uh speaking okay so this uh, there's no way to transition transition into this but we have a new sponsor and and they have gifts for our um our guests so i want to give you a gift our new sponsor is a genital desensitizing spray (laughs) so yep there you go her eyes perked up so (laughs) it's called promescent and um they're uh giving gifts to all of our guests and it's for the it's for the men it's a general genital desensitizing spray delay spray.com and basically how it works is the guy if he needs it if he doesn't it doesn't have to be a, a big deal or it's, doesn't need but feels like trying it's not necessarily for pre- it could be for premature ejaculators but can also it can also you sure this is yeah there's no other way to performance enhancement yeah so you just spray a few clicks on wait a few minutes and it absorbs into the 
the uh, the uh, subdermis, I think is the term. <laughs> Again, I'm not a doctor here. But anyway, our, um, that's a gift from the SAP to you. And um, the uh, code for that, uh, everyone out there, is SAP15. Go to delayspray.com. And then the voucher for 15% off is SAP15. Yeah, I don't know. That's their, uh, their, uh, we, we got to talk to the owner of this company. He's like this older gentleman who's just like had no business in that world before, but he got involved in the in that in this pharmaceutical company and uh there's a yeah there's a lot of dudes out there that could use the spray so we've been giving them out at our live stand-up shows which i would love to have you on um we do a mimosa stand-up show one sunday a month would you want to do that yeah i would love Um, that i don't have our next date yet but it's going to be in a couple weeks um i'll let you know i'll let you know if you can do the date are you in town for a bit yeah i'm here for a bit what do you um so have you been going back to new york at all doing comedy Um, there yeah i was there for a month and a half and then i came back because of the thing that went sideways um and then i start back at jeffrey's in september so what's up what's what's the vibe like over there um it's fine it's like a i don't know just any standard uh, because he's one of the most um I would say open when, when we were on a vacation with Tasha's parents, we put on Jim Jeffries, uh, one, one of his uh, latest specials and, and her parents, like they don't, they don't, they're no, very straight laced. Yeah. Like they're just very like, and I've never kinda. heard her dad laugh that hard before. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And he was like just hard cunts. And like, you know, he was, he was dropping some, not, not your dad, but Jim Jeffries was. <laughs> and I was, and it was like, and I was like, maybe it's the accent, maybe like the Australian accent. He can get away with saying some things, but like, yeah, you're yeah, at uh, Tasha's dad loved it. And I was like, it must be a very, I don't know, just open work environment there. I don't know. That's awesome. Oh yeah. I mean, it's not. Nobody's not saying what's on their mind. <laughs> <laughs> and it, but what do you? What, what's your average day like over there? Do you just are you just throwing shit at the wall, brainstorming? Um, new no, it's bits? pretty structured. It's like um, t- we film Tuesdays, so Monday is like punch up and like uh, a run through. Tuesdays is filming. Wednesday we normally pitch uh, ideas for what to write about next week, and then Thursday we split up and write. It's like he'll there'll be a couple writers writing on one segment, and then the head writer would take all of our scripts and Frankenstein like one script out of everybody's pieces, and so that'll happen Thursday or Friday, and then either the final version of the script will either read through with Jim or like see what we think depending on what the timeline is, and so. Yeah. Are you like banking ideas when you guys aren't recording? Um, I mean, we should be. <laughs> <laughs> it's like summer school. She's like, oh, I haven't done my reading yet. <laughs> That's exciting. So, well, congrats, congrats on uh, how many how you. many seasons have you been over there? Uh, so this the I've been there since the jump. So this is the third season. Did you know him before you started, or nope. how did you even get involved over there? I'm um, just uh, writing submissions through my management. Nice. Yeah. Well, I hope whatever this other s- project that went sideways, I hope it, you reroute. I, I know <laughs> you will reroute. And um, uh, I'm not so sure. I had like it's okay, you know. Like you hear about this shit all the time. It just happens. It's just so devastating you know where it's like just before that i had worked on a a late night set for like a year with this woman like i let me not say woman because i might make it obvious (laughs) i worked on a late night set for a year with this person and like um it was like i was given a day i was told the transcript was approved and then it just disappeared and it like 
it was heartbreaking, you know, because I worked I to do so hard for so long to get that shit. And then to be so excited and be like, it's going to happen in this month. This is awesome. And then all of a sudden it just disappears. And, and you're talking about like, like stand up on a late, on a late night show. Mm-hmm. So basically you, you, you do your act, you submit a video, they tell you and to cut this, add that. Exactly. And it goes back and forth. And then and like they come to want to come to live shows. So you have to set up those live shows. Like I jumped through so many hoops and it was like, some people it's very easy. Like they send in a five minute tape. It's one tweak. Not for me to get the attention of of this person i sent her prop not even exaggerating over 20 minutes of clean material because uh this person likes to kind of like weave their own sets and like work with you in a specific way so because i had that connection and that like we knew each other and i know this person liked me as a comic i was like okay cool let's work together let's collaborate it was a year-long process of like so much work went into it and then just like gone you know not not really understanding why or what happened and it's just like a real bummer and then to have another like at least i think year project that would have been like huge that's like a year and a half and super time sensitive just get sidetracked through nothing wrong that i did it's just like what's the life lesson (laughs) what do you think i know i know you're still in like piecing up the rubble but like what's what do you think the lesson is and all that i don't think there is a lesson i just think shit isn't fair you know (laughs) like i just i really mean that you know and it's like i mean these are still good problems like there are so many the news is so goddamn depressing you know it's like this isn't like i just don't think shit's fair and it's like i think in some sometimes you, you you know it'll work it'll work in your favor sometimes when it's not fair you know what I mean? Sometimes you'll just get something that you're like, well, I could could have cared less about that. But yeah. I guess I guess on paper, it's just as much bragging rights as this other thing. But yeah. like, I understand like the in- emotional investment when you want something and then it doesn't come through. It's like, these are our babies. We don't have babies. I'm not, you know what I mean? Like these are, you have, you have nothing else other than like your yeah. own create, creative It's just drive. like that tease of like, this is hot. But you hear that all the time where it's like someone can be recast in a movie like the last second or like and they'll just redo all their roles and they think they're going to be in a movie or they're just randomly cut out or yeah, like your scene gets cut you yeah. know and that was the thing for like 13 months that you were saying like yeah this thing's coming out i got this heat this and that yeah and, and then, then your episode airs and you're not in it and you're like okay like i was on an mtv show and like literally right before my episode it got canceled which it was like i was like on the fourth episode they aired three and canceled it it's like this it just happens you know yeah. and it's nobody's fault but it's just like and i know i'm not like there are way sadder stories you know, like the lady who showed up for her first day to write for <laughs> that like, sucks this shit just happens look you know? i but i it's devastating i i feel your devastation i under I, I understand and empathize with you so even though even though there are there's i hate the people that are like wow they're starving this and people have wars and it's like no you you're investing your life in in into this lifestyle that's that does that is not a meritocracy and and you're gonna get the raw deals but I mean, Dave, you're reading this Marianne Williamson book. (sighs) What's it called again? uh, The Law of Divine Compensation. Yeah. We just got it. And it's pretty darn good. And maybe you're still in your healing process. And so you don't want to read it yet. But maybe you should read it. Because basically her take is that like, it's sort of, it's sort of like that. Well, when one door closes, another one opens type thing. Yeah. in in that like your viewpoint should be that like everything works out to be the most positive for you so even though it sucks when like this thing doesn't work out this thing doesn't happen your scene gets cut it's like well maybe because you're rerouting your path to something that is more perfect 
She doesn't want to believe this. Yeah. <laughs> the the miracle. You're going to come back on when you're you're going to be catapulted to the next level that this that this opportunity that you were sidetracked with didn't do. But yeah, you you're you were you it's like it's like a boulder was placed in the river and you're going to reroute the the river and you're going to be fine because you have your talent, your creativity. I'm like your dad it's now. It's like you never know. I mean, you never know where things are going to work out. I don't know. I don't necessarily agree that everything that happens in life is like for a better path. I think it just happens and you kind of have to be an adult and get over it and i've been like moping. but also you're not gonna yeah no no, no. oh yeah eat <laughs> the ice like, cream do whatever you know, but, but like you just be like okay you're gonna burn that off yeah. you're gonna burn that moping off yeah. and then you're gonna be a creative person who's working who towards still something. has had all of this experience right yeah. who still has the episode that didn't air on her resume you know what i mean yeah. like I think you should. I really think you should do your own podcast <laughs> because all these late night things don't want to be this, don't want to be that. Now this, you hit the button and you you are you, and then you've got your. You'll be the the Russell Peters of the podcast of the Indian <laughs> podcast world. I think you got Just it. A in lot you. of impressions, a lot of accents. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I don't know. I love it. We got to get out of here. Uh, wh- how can we promote you? Uh, Instagram. Uh, um, any show dates? Yeah. So you can follow me on Instagram. It's S-U-B-H-A-H-A or on Twitter at just my first name, S-U-B-H-A-H. So, and I try to post anything about shows and updates and stuff. Nice. And hopefully you'll uh, be on our next Mimosa show at <laughs> <Yeah>. 1130 a.m. <laughs> it's a hot show. Yeah. I'm not kidding. People, uh, almost everyone that goes to the show has been to like three or four in a row because they, it, it's become the quite the East Hollywood. Uh, oh, and you live in the area. It's, it's in East Hollywood. It's a little 25 seat so it's like a tight little room i bring a bunch of mimosas and and everyone just gets lit at 11 30 in the morning but yeah you'll crush it um tasha anything to promote for you nothing at the moment no we're promoting marianne williamson she's our new (laughs) our hero uh searching for miracles in our life you know when you're reading these self-help books that shit could be going better you never read it you never like oh things are going great i'll pick up marianne williamson's book now no but we it's nice to just find different sort of paths of people that um are seeing life differently because i get I've been way too cynical in the last six years I've lived in LA. I used to actually like be a really positive person and now I'm just like, but ah. I don't think that like cynicism gets you anywhere. Not, you know, it's one of those like dark forces kind of things that like, other people can be turned off by so yeah, you can it can be a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah exactly that was conan's conan's speech on his last day of uh, hosting the tonight show was all about like not don't don't feel bad for me cynicism's the worst thing in the world and it's so like right on that yeah it, like i i could take what you're saying suba with um with that the world is sometimes some things just don't work out at least yeah. that place you're not playing the victim you're just saying shit it's random yeah. man it's random out there yeah. well take 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 all the positives know that it's random and you'll keep failing in the right direction not you failing yeah. but like you know that's what i call failing upwards whatever failing they call forward failing forward yeah it. just you're leaning forward you're gonna hit some failures you're gonna fail non-stop and then eventually it's all just gonna you know the floodgates will open up because you've pushed yourself in the right direction you've kind of like solidified those like neuro paths that you were creating anyway and then it's all um gravy from there i think we'll end on that all right sounds good that's the sex action <laughs> podcast thank you so much for doing the show no, i really appreciate it me. bye everybody bye there you have it folks i hope you had a good one uh we got some good episodes in the can we've recorded some real fun stuff we can't we've we really can't wait to release i'm kind of i kind of wish i could release it all at once but you got to make sure you're subscribed 
So you can get all of our new episodes, which come out every Monday. And we got some good ones for you. Again, if you haven't already, please subscribe on iTunes. Rate it. Review it. Leave us some love. Share it with your friends. All that good jazz. Even if it's one person. If you're in an elevator listening right now, maybe hit the emergency button until everybody subscribes to the podcast and then they can get to where they're going. Okay? Thank you guys so much for listening. This is The Sap. The Sap.